Hey, it's Bryce McNabb, Emmy Award-winning director of McNabb Storytelling, an Emmy-nominated brand storytelling agency. You're listening to Storytelligent, the show that helps you leverage myth to build iconic brands. Consider this show your antidote to the marketing echo chamber. You're welcome. In this episode, we're talking about narrative positioning and how you can properly identify your brand story. So this is an idea that I've been developing over the past couple months. And because of that, I've got my notes here that I'm going to be referencing just to make sure that I don't go off on a tangent and I can keep on a track for you guys. So ultimately, what is narrative positioning? Narrative positioning, I believe, is the superior way of positioning your organization as opposed to just using statements. Really what we're talking about is memory. We're talking about retention. We're talking about crafting a message that sticks with your audience, right? And if if we think about memory, you know, like you can only really hold about like five different factors in your mind at a time, right? And it's a big struggle in order to get a specific sequence, right? Whether that be of numbers, like a phone number or um, or an entire statement, like a sentence, into the long-term memory of an individual without consistent repetition, both actively on your part and on their part, right? Think about it this way. Like, what is the mission statement of your favorite company? Right? What's the uh, value proposition of your favorite company? It's the value proposition of Apple, of Amazon.com. I'd be hard-pressed to, to even come up with any of these. I can't come up with any of these. I'd be like super surprised if you could actually recite these things, just, just verbatim, right? And so if we're having this hard time reciting these things, why are we putting so much effort into crafting them? Instead, where I believe our focus ought to be is what do you feel about Nike? What do you feel about Amazon.com? Now we're actually hitting on the truth. Now we're actually talking about brand, right? Because what we're ultimately trying to get at when we're thinking about how are we positioning ourselves to our customers is how are they remembering us? How, what is their impression of us to them? you know and and so really what we're what we're trying to think through then is leveraging the messaging vehicle that is a story and using that to transfer this bundle of meaning to our audience so that way they internalize it as opposed to hoping that they memorize a series of words together right like it's <laughs> why are we so fascinated with crafting these statements in the first place, you know, like wh- what is the driving, um, what's the driver behind that? Why are we in in like stressing out so much and even like trying to hold meetings where we gather all these decision makers together to form a mission statement by committee, right? Like it it makes no sense, okay? And and it's it's gotten to such a level of silliness that. You can go online, just Google mission statement generator, and there's going to be hundreds, 
just hundreds of, <laughs> of, of outlets that will generate your mission statement for you. <laughs> That's absurd, right? Like, how can they tell you why you do something? Like, seriously, you, you enter in information about your company and about your culture, and they just generate the mission statement for you. How is that meaningful? How is that authentic? How does that add value to your organization and your employees, let alone to even your, your customer base, right? Like, that, that makes absolutely no sense. And it's just, it's just silly, right? It's silly. We're overthinking it. We're, we're doing, we're, we've got good intentions. You know, the intentions are good, like, because yeah, you should have a purpose, right? But you shouldn't be figuring out your purpose <laughs> after the fact with assistance from cloud-based apps. What we end up with is just a hodgepodge of corporate terminology and corporate jargon that makes absolutely no sense and that does nothing to solidify our understanding of what our company is actually doing and what we're doing in this organization. And it just confuses us. And then we're, but we get so proud when we've made those statements that we plaster them on our websites. And then our customers are super confused, right? Like, it, what business isn't a solutions provider? Okay. <laughs> like, is there a business out there that's just like, we're a problem creator for our clients. Our mission <laughs> is to create problems at every customer touch point. No, no, that's dumb, right? Like saying your solutions, but this is so meaningless. It doesn't make any sense, right? It's like, what do you do and why do you do it? We've got to stop overcomplicating things and just get to just the, the, we need to inject a little bit of common sense into what we're doing. And I, I feel like we just got to start to think about how people interact with brands is just the same way that they interact with other people. Like a brand is very similar to a person. It has a personality. It has an identity, has a reputation. Right. And so as we start to think about our brand story, um, like I said in the in the video, what is brand storytelling? If you haven't checked that out, you can check it out right here. Um, your brand story is told on two different levels. You've got the macro level and you've got the micro level. The macro is literally the direct communication of your organization's meta brand narrative. It's it's when you're directly communicating your brand story. The micro level is when you're just communicating like anecdotal, thematically um, similar stories, kind of like how a, a film production company has their library of films and that library of films has the same core themes about them. So you get a sense of what this company is about, right? Like, so like think Disney, their library of films, you get a sense that, oh, this company is about like good hearted family entertainment, Okay. So those are your micro stories. So what we've got to figure out then is your macro story. And how do we identify your macro story? And so there's two different um, stories that make up your overall macro story. And so think about a company, you would a person, right? A person, we have our reputation. That's what other people say about us. And then we have our personal narrative, which is what we say about ourselves. And so when you're when we meet people, right? As we're begin as we're being introduced to someone, 
First, we hear about them from other people. Hey, you shouldn't be this person because, and they tell us about that person and, and why, like kind of like their story about who they are. When we then meet that person, eventually we get to a point where we're like, so what's your story? And that person then explains to you in their, their understanding why they are the way that they are, okay? This is the exact same thing for an organization. Your marketplace story that's your reputation. And your authentic purpose is your origin story. So your marketplace story, that's what your other people say about you in the marketplace. This is influenced by you because it, it's influenced by how you behave and how you, um, how, the impact that you're making on a daily basis, but it's not controlled by you because it's, it's the the story spoken from your customer's language. So the great starting point to identify your marketplace story is to do Donald Miller's story brand framework, right? Because that is a a fantastic tool to help you understand how to place yourself in your customer's shoes and start seeing your customer, I mean, start seeing your organization as a secondary character within your customer's hero's journey, okay? Your authentic purpose is kind of like leveraging Simon Sinek's start with why. It's thinking through why do you do the things that you do? Like what's the reason for your company doing what you're doing? Now, when we're thinking about how do we tell this in a story framework, we have to think about a story as being a, basically it's a logical argument that leverages emotion to make sure that its points land. Now, this is not the same thing as an emotional argument, okay? (laughs) An emotional argument is where we're just screaming at each other and getting very upset and we're making absolutely no sense. A logical argument that leverages emotion makes sense and it's it's not (laughs) running wild. It's, It's leveraging emotion to make sure that the points are landing and that you're the the person listening or experiencing the story is actually having a great experience and you're you're activating their mind and they're actually enjoying the process of learning. So when we think about it that way, every story essentially is proving something to the audience. Like think back to when um, you would be re- you would be read fairy tales right? If you were ever read fairy tales, right? Like these childhood stories were always trying to determine what is the moral of this story. Because we know that the story is designed to try to teach us a lesson as a child. They still behave in the same way. Stories are designed to teach an audience a lesson. And the lesson they're trying to communicate is the controlling idea. Think about the controlling idea as a hypothesis of a thesis statement, okay? It, it's the central theme, and it is ultimately, your controlling idea is ultimately the attitudes and beliefs and position that the storyteller has about the certain topic. And then that, the, the story itself serves to reinforce the controlling idea and ultimately prove that controlling idea to the audience, So as we begin to think about how do we tell our brand story, it's as simple as identifying the controlling idea of the marketplace story 
and your authentic purpose, and then designing a logical argument around each of those. So that way, when you're communicating these to your audience, they're internalized and they resonate and they're felt. The information is there to reinforce the point you're making, not necessarily to be remembered because we're trying to communicate this feeling. Yes, you want them to remember these things. You want them to remember your actual message, but it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of money to actually guarantee that memory will happen. It's much less effort to make sure that the feeling lands the way that we want it to land. So then let's start with the marketplace story. What's the controlling idea of the marketplace story? So the controlling idea of your marketplace story is your value proposition. And that's it. Because if you think about it as this is a story told from the outside in, it's told from your customer's point of view. So they're concerned about their life. So what is matters to them is the problem that they're facing, how you came along and helped them solve that problem, and then the how they felt from that engagement. So if you haven't taken the time to identify your value proposition and having started my own company and then run a company before in the past, like I understand how difficult it is to properly identify your value proposition, okay? But I've come up with a little bit of a framework to help you start to think through it. Essentially, your value proposition is C plus X plus S equals Y right? So C plus S equals Y. That's your value proposition. And what, what that stands for is your customer's need, your customer's want, your customer's problem, plus the solution or service you're providing to that customer equals the delight that you are, that they are receiving from that engagement. Okay. That's your value proposition. We help this customer facing this problem in this way in order to have them achieve this. That's it. Now, the goal isn't to craft that statement and hammer that statement into the mind of your, <laughs> of your audience, of your target market. The goal is to think about that statement as a statement of belief because it's like, we believe we help these people facing this problem in this way in order to achieve this state, right? And then your entire story is supporting and proving that belief statement. And we do that through this and this and this, and then we restate the statement at the end, voila, right? So that's it. Now, when we're thinking about our um, authentic purpose story, okay? And the reason why I'm calling it the authentic purpose is because it is your actual origin story. It's the actual reason. It's not something made from these online tools or it's not something made from committee. It's the actual reason of why you're doing what you're doing. None of these are just, and you don't have to do any extra legwork here. This, this system is not, oh, that, awesome. We figured out a marketplace story. Now it's blank canvas. Why, what is our purpose, right? No, these things are building off of each other because they're entangled with one another. So in order to determine your mission statement, really you start with your value proposition. Why are you doing what you're doing in the marketplace? What's your reason for doing that? 
and that becomes your original reason, right? The, your, your original purpose. That's your purpose then. And then you ask why again. So because when you ask why again, what you're going to get is, well, we do it in order to achieve this future outcome, in order to bring these people or bring society into this future state, okay? So if you're familiar with the, the diagnostic tool of the five whys that's used in, in lean system of thought, right, then this will, sound, this will be familiar to you. But instead of using all five, we're just sticking to two because you really just need two to get, to get the necessary information for this statement. Unless it becomes difficult, then resort to all five. But you just ask why once and ask it again. You look at the value proposition, which is the, what your company is doing. It's the solution your company provides, which is ultimately like, okay, this is your company, all right? Why is your company doing that? Like, why is your company serving those people in that specific way? Why did it even, why did it start there, right? That becomes your original reason. And then you ask why again, because that's more of a practical reason that explains why the company exists. But when you dig into the practicality again, you get into more of a vision, more of a philosophical vision a future vision of where you're, the impact you're actually trying to make on either this group of people or society at large, okay? In the same way, when we're now thinking about narrative positioning for your mission statement, right? It's not just we're crafting this statement to have this statement. We're crafting the statement as a statement of belief, I believe we do this because of our original reason in order to bring about our future state. And then the story that supports that is now proving that hypothesis, right? To demonstrate that this mission is actual and that it is actively being worked out because it is actively being worked out because the company exists. It's not some flat thing that's created from from outside influence or by committee, it's authentic now because it's anchored in the actual reason for the company. Because every company has a reason. There's a reason why we started these companies, right? And so we just talk about that. And then what is our ultimate goal? Like, why do we keep doing this? You know? And then making sure that that is clearly defined and clarified. And the reason for that is just to be authentic. Because if we're creating inauthentic statements, right, we're basically crafting a, um, a lie. And you're creating dissonance, a, a dissonance between who your organization actually is and then what that organization says about themselves. You know what we call that? We call that a liar. <laughs> we call that being double-minded. And so we have to think about that seriously because other people are going to look at our organization in that way. It's like, oh, they're not authentic. Like, they, they say they're one way, but they behave a different way in practice, and you can't trust them. So that's the risk we're making. So, but that ultimately is the power of narrative positioning, is that we're not so focused on a specific statement and hoping people are going to memorize this statement, hoping that statement's going to be memorized in our culture, we're thinking about that as a statement of belief and the, the true aim 
is to focus on the meaning that is felt, the sentiment that is built, and therefore that's why you're using a story as a vehicle to shape that meaning because that's what a story is. It is how we process meaning, how we put meaning together, and, and how we form our own identity. So it's just natural that you would form your company's identity through a story as well. Hope this gave you guys some great stuff to think about. As always, you can reach me at McNabb underscore storytelling on Instagram. I would be more than happy to just chat or um, explore even deeper about uh, brand storytelling and identifying your brand narrative. And I will see you in the next one. Take care.